Okay, it's recording. Okay, if we ever did any kind of intro, I don't remember it. <laughs> we had a pre-recorded one? Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> Fuck that, then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm still putting that, and then I'm going to play the intro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome to The Discourse. I'm Cosmic. And I'm Christy. Dude, let's get right into it. Cosmic, what do you feel about abortion? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I feel like I should preface by saying it is 1.30 in the morning, and you know what I was like the last time we recorded late at night. Are are you talking to me? Because I do not remember. I don't remember anything. It was the uh, episode we recorded when you were high. And then you were like, <laughs> I was oh. so giggly. You were like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I kind of remember that. But again, I was high, so. Yeah. So good. You're giggly. Great. Uh, let's see. I I know one thing we were going to talk about. Uh-huh. Right? Which was? You going to the panic room. <laughs> it's not a panic room. <laughs> What? I thought that's what it was called. An escape room? The same fucking thing. You're panicking, you gotta escape. Same thing. Wow. wow. I think it's a little different. Panic rooms are what you go into, like, when your house is getting broken into. I <laughs> mean... Got, like, invaders. And it's supposed to keep them out and keep you safe until the help can arrive. Again, like, practically the same thing, because you are getting locked in somewhere, right? And you're getting away from, like, society. So it's a panic room for society. You're not technically locked into an escape room. There are emergency exits. Oh, well, then fuck that. That's not even thrilling. (laughs) I want someone to be holding, like, a sniper rifle to your face be like, get out! Get out quick! I guess. I mean, I think I mentioned this at some point on the... um, No! The last episode that we put out, I, I recorded a short thing in the beginning saying that the reason it was late was because I was in California visiting you guys, you and Megan. So if, if you didn't hear that last episode, um, in October, I went to California and I visited Christy and Megan. And so, so for like on the record, you should go ahead and state that In-N-Out is the best place ever. It's fine. Oh, my God. I think part of it is because, like, it's so hyped up. And then when I actually had it, I was like, it's a burger. It's um, a religion. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't there anything where you're at where it's so hyped up like that, though? Um, You're like, no, California is really pretentious. The only thing I can kind of think of is in the town that I work in, there's um, like a like a. What? Well, no, they actually recently opened a second location in the town I live in. But for the longest time, they only had one location. Um, it's a place called the Strawberry Hut. And it's it's literally just like a, you walk up to order and it's a, just a kitchen in a building. So if you want to eat, you eat outside or you take it with you. But they have really good um, pressed Cuban sandwiches. Like What the people, fuck is that? A, a Cuban sandwich is like... First of all, it's on Cuban bread, obviously. Um, what is Cuban bread? It's just a type of bread that's, I don't know, known to be, that's came from Cuba, I guess. I don't know. It's Cuban <laughs> bread. Um, Great. Okay. I know yeah. white wheat and sourdough. It's like a, it's more like, um, like a long loaf. 
Okay. Like the kind of bread that you would like make a sub sandwich with. That it's like that. Um, oh, I know, I know ciabatta. Yeah, it's got um, anyway. It's got, I believe, ham. I think some of them have turkey or uh, pickles, mayonnaise, mustard, and cheese. It's mm. it's pretty simple, but you press it so it like slightly toasts the bread, it melts the cheese. So good, but like. People in this area, like, if you talk about Cuban sandwiches, they're like, strawberry hut. (laughs) How often does Cuban sandwiches come up? It's Florida, so, like, (laughs) there's a lot of Cuban population in Florida. Still, you wouldn't think it would be part of, like, casual conversation a lot. Because even when you're like, hey, did... When you're like, hey, hey, did you have dinner? Yeah. You're not like, okay, here's what I had for dinner. You're just like, yeah. If you, I don't know, Cuban sandwiches are very, are just well known among like culinary Florida foods. <laughs> is it white people thing that no. you're like, guess what I had for lunch? I had a Cuban sandwich. No. Whereas Cuban people would be like, I had a sandwich, bro. <laughs> no, no, it, it's called a Cuban sandwich because like it, that's like, I guess I can, I'm a, like Cuban immigrants or whatever, like made this sandwich. It is a Cuban sandwich. Oh, so it's an American food. Oh my god! <laughs> no, you see immigrants, right? That, maybe I'm guessing on that. All I know is it's it's known to be a Cuban cuisine, a Cuban food. Well, I think that because everyone, this is totally off topic, but I've heard people for so long say that there's no real American food, mm-hmm. but then I learned that there really is, like oh, chow mein, yeah. Yeah, American yeah, yeah. egg, like uh, fortune cookies. Oh yeah, fortune cookies. Oh, you know what I just learned? Uh, taco shells. Are they don't have those in Mexico? Well, besides like the, hard, it like the folded hard taco shells. Yeah, yeah. It, I did it, not know that. Yeah, I don't like the hard taco shells. I well, I do because I like the way it goes. You know, and I, I'm a very um, destructive person. So as long as I know that the food is being demolished in my head, I'm just happy. Okay, so, so it anyhow, originated. Wait, wait, the Cuban sandwich okay. um, originated in cafes that catered to Cuban workers in Key West, Florida, and Ybor City, which is also in Florida. Well, there so, you go. Yeah. So. Well, you, you know what? I would. Later I would, on, Cuban exiles and expatriates brought it to Miami, where it is still very popular. I wonder if anyone has written, like, a cookbook on real traditional American foods like that. Mm. That would be interesting. But anyway, this the conversation is uninteresting. How was your panic room? Yeah. <laughs> so we chose to do the one that um, my sister really wanted to do because we had two Wait, options. Wait, give the options. Give the options. Okay. So the first option was, and I'm, I'm telling this from memory, so. Um, no shit. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> so the first, well, I'm not like, I can, I, can, I can pull the website up and read you the actual description on the website. But. No, please, God, don't. No. <laughs> Um, so the the first one that it was supposed to be like their easiest room um, was based on like like you're supposed to be like uh, I don't know, like archaeologists in Egypt and you go inside of a a tomb in a pyramid and the door closes behind you and then you've got to solve some sort of mystery to be able to get out in time before like you run out of oxygen or something. Um, <laughs> that I the- I think I would panic. Well, you're not literally going to run out of oxygen. Um, no, I mean, just them locking the door and be like, good luck. I'd be like, oh, my God. Oh, 
Um, so that one is supposed to be like their easiest one. And I think that one on their website only had like a 28% success rate. Like it wasn't even that high. Jeez. Um, the other one that was available, uh, was the CSI themed one, which I, I don't know why they call it CSI themed. Cause it's not like it's themed around the TV show. Um, well, isn't CSI an actual thing in real life? Well, yes, it is. It is. That's true. Well, well then what the fuck is that? But, well, Wait, I, what SUV? Can you imagine that? <laughs> so this one, the CSI themed one, um, is you, you're detectives and you've been trying to track down um, a serial killer and you're investigating uh, one of his recent crime scenes and you have um, an hour to figure out who the killer is um, before he strikes again. So we went with that I would one. Be, I would be shit. Because I would go and I would just pick a stranger in the room and keep insisting that they were the one that had done it. <laughs> it just ruined everyone's experiences. So that's not how it works. But <laughs> we went with the CSI one because my sister really wanted to do that one. Um, but the CSI one is their hardest one with, I think it was a 9% success rate, something like that. So I'm going to go out and live and say you guys didn't do it. We did not. However, <laughs> they may have just been being nice, but they told us that if we had had about 10 to 15 more minutes, we would have gotten, we probably would have solved it at from the point we were at. Yeah, they were just being nice, yeah. <laughs> did you get like a participation trophy or anything? No, they, we, they took our picture. Like if you, whether you succeed or fail, they have like little signs you hold up and they take your picture. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. What the fuck? I don't have it on my phone. They took it on my sister's phone. Oh, yeah. That's going to be impossible to get. Go on. She was supposed to send it all her pictures that she took to me. And she never sent them. So, Well, she is your sister. So. <laughs> um, so, so we chose that one. And so the way it works is like there was a group of I think there were like 10 of us. And they the worker um, told us that what they usually suggest is that if you're there with friends, you should split apart from your friends because the way they the way they had this one set up, it's two separate rooms with a door that connects them, and you can see through the door. Um, but the door is locked, and part of the mission is to get the door unlocked. So five of you go into the room that's the crime scene, and five of you go into the room that's the um, detective's office. With a, you know, wait, so it's like going back to elementary school where they're like pick a team it can't be your friends pretty much i mean it, it they don't require you to not be on a team with your friends but they do suggest that you split up because the way that room is set up since since you have two groups that are on like in separate rooms they say that they've found quote unquote found that you are more likely to work to get that door open if you've got somebody on the other side like that you want to link back up with essentially oh that makes sense I would have still said fuck it. <laughs> so um, Megan ended up splitting apart from me and my sister. Oh, I bet she loved that. Oh uh, yeah, she was. Afterwards, she was like, she said it was fun, but afterwards, she was like, you know, it was kind of hard because the group that she was with was two sisters, the husband or boyfriend of one of the sisters, and then the two sisters' grandmother. Oh my god! So they all knew each. They were like related practically, right? So some of them literally. So yeah, she said, she said it was hard to sort of like get her her word her words into the conversation because they all like were like you know had their own little uh they had a rapport going yes rapport that's it yeah so 
my sister and I, we were with a group of um, three people that were just friends. So it was a little. Why didn't they split the family apart? They didn't want to get split apart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So. So uh, the group I was in went into the room that was the actual crime scene. Um, Okay, cool. I would have wanted that one. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's like you've never been to one of these. I've never been to one before. But did you ever back in the day play that flash game that was like the crimson room? Uh, I started to and then immediately was like, I can't do this shit and stopped. (laughs) Yeah. So back in the day, like I'd say it was like, God, the early to mid 2000s um, flash. Well, flash games were really popular. I don't think they're as popular now as people mostly play games on their phone in apps. Seriously, I haven't heard of anyone playing a flash game in like forever. Yeah. So (laughs) flash games were made with um, the... At the time, it was Macromedia, uh, Macromedia's program, but now it's Adobe's program, Flash. Um, which, so, um, it was like a Flash game called The Crimson Room, where I believe it was originally, I think, Japanese, and then it got like translated into English by somebody, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so you're like in this room that's painted red, and you have to f- just search around the room for clues and figure out like a code to be able and to codes to lock boxes. And then inside the lock box, there's another clue. And then that clue leads you to something else. And then that leads to a key that opens this and blah, 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 blah. And it just goes on and on and on until finally you get out of the room or you don't. Um, so I used to play that game. Like I played that game for a good, like two to three weeks off and on until I finally beat it. So it really reminded me of that. <laughs> of course, it's like the live action you- version. But that. you did beat it, though? Eventually, yeah. Of course you did. <laughs> um, so it's like the live-action version of that. Um, <laughs> but it was really fun. Like, it made me really want to do um, another one. Like, they have them in my hometown, too. And I told my sister, I was like, we really have to go to these now. It's so fun. <laughs> oh, should I mean, you can totally keep this to yourself, but your sister came up with an amazing idea. Do you remember? Is it the children's themed one? Yes. I yes. came up with that. Thank you. Oh, I could have sworn it was your sister. No, no, no. So, yeah. So, okay. Absolutely. But explain it. Because I think it's a, an amazing idea. And if you're not going to do it, at least somebody should. So, I had, we were, um, I think it was the night before we went to the panic room. We were at yeah. Christie's. And we were talking about them. And I said that, um... They should do one for kids that's, like, Blue's Clues themed or Dora the Explorer themed. Because, like, Blue's Clues especially. I've never seen Dora the Explorer, but I know she's, like, finds clues about stuff, right? But Blue's Clues is literally, like, you look for things with the blue paw stamped on it. So, like, (laughs) little kids, that'd be so fun for them. And also adults. That'd be the only way I'd be able to win one. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I watch Blue's Clues, and sometimes it was like, this one's hard. <laughs> so, so, um, like, in our room, I, like, I, I only, because it's been a few weeks, so I only remember, like, little, like, specific little things. Like, there was these two books on a shelf, and one of them was called, like, 
the empty chair or something. Wait, what, so what did it look like? Did it look like a legit room or did it look like someone's garage? Yeah, it was like a legit room. It was like a, you could tell it was probably like an office space that they just like decorated to look like a room. But yeah, it looked like a room. Hello. Yeah. So there was this book called like the empty chair or something. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, well, there's an empty chair by the door. Let me look at the chair. So I'm looking at the chair and I don't see anything. Right. But then the guy that's in our group comes over and he's looking at the chair too. And he unzips the bottom of the chair and there's a clue inside of the what? chair. Yes. Wow. So, like, yeah. Um, and uh, I'm going to pat myself on the back. I was the one that figured out the clue to get the door between the rooms open. How? What was the key? Huh? Literally, what was the key? So, like, there was this um, word riddle that we found, and it it was the way um, it was written. It wasn't written out, like, standard, like, English spelling. It was, like, words written out in, like, where you had to read it out loud to just, like, sound it out and, like, slur the syllables together to get the actual sentence. Like, phonetic? Yeah. Or, like, yeah, drunk yeah, yeah. phonetic? yeah. yeah. Like, like it was, um, the, the actual thing was supposed to say the first letter of the five related words, but it was written out that where it looked like thuff, like T-H-U-G-H space, H-I-D-E-R space, elated space, and then like W-E-R-D-Z, right? So I would have given up. Yeah, but so like I was like we were all looking at this and we couldn't figure out that it was um the five related words. We were like the first letter of the something related words. So we <laughs> so we were all like looking at this forever, like trying to figure this out, trying to figure this out. And then everybody moved on and I moved on and then I kept coming back to this. And I'm like the the something related words, the something related words. And I'm like, I finally figured out it was like the five, and I was like, ah, it's the five related words. And then we got the door open. I still don't know what the five related words means, but okay. Oh, well, it was a list of words, but they were like scrambled, so you had to unscramble them. Oh, you had okay. to find the first letter of the five words that were related to each other. <sighs> okay. Yeah. And you paid money to do this. It was so fun, Chrissy. <laughs> it was like chaos from beginning to end, but it was so fun. I have an anxiety problem. I... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... I think, like, it, if it was a real situation, obviously it would not have been fun. But I, you know, like, <laughs> knowing that it's fake and that it doesn't really matter, <laughs> it was fun. I think it'd be worse for me because I'd be in there thinking, I'm too dumb to do this. I paid money to do this. I'm with strangers I don't even like. I'm with people I know that I what don't really, even like because what, right now I don't like anybody. Yeah, what really got me, like, there was this one clue that it was, some, it was something like it was another thing where, like, it, things are written out phonetically. But it, it kept reading as, like, search chapter 21. And I'm like, okay, there's two books in this room. Let's go to chapter 21. One of the books does not have a chapter 21. Like, it skipped from chapter 20 to chapter 22. Well, that's telling. Yes. But it didn't look like pages were ripped out or anything. So we're like, okay, that has to mean something. But then the other book had a chapter 22. So I'm, like, skimming through it. And I'm like, it's talking about an empty chair. It's talking about a table by a door with a key on it. It's talking about, I'm like, this is the room. <laughs> But I couldn't like get anything from it, so. Uh, okay, so what? So after you opened the door, was that it, or did you no, then no, no. have to all so work? After we okay. opened the door, that gave us access to. Um, that gave my groups access to 
the um, the room that's supposed to be set up like the detective's office, which had a bunch of clues that our room didn't have. So we basically swapped rooms and we were able to like see what the other team was working with. And that was supposed to like help us put the puzzle together. And I think really what wasted a lot of our time, there was a math question and we were all stuck in that. <laughs> to the point nice. where, like, because the people that run the, uh, I almost said panic room, the people that run the escape room, they have like surveillance cameras so they can like watch you as you're doing stuff. And they have like a little intercom that they can communicate with you. And eventually after we went over this problem, like five times, they come on the intercom. It's like, you guys, you're overthinking. this. <laughs> like, Start back from the beginning. Count one person. Cause it was, just, it was a question. It was kind of written as a riddle, but basically you were supposed to go like take one person and then count their parents and then count their parents, parents, and then their parents, parents, parents. And you just keep going back a certain number of generations. And you were supposed to like get um, a number from that to open a, like a combination lock. And they're like, you know, you guys are overthinking this. You're, you're adding it wrong. Just start from the beginning. And do it you're slowly. adding it wrong. <laughs> wow. What a burn. You guys, you don't know addition. You're not, you're not gonna be able to do this. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you, so you did fail. What happens when you fail? Is it like, is it like kill bill sirens? No, I wish it did. That'd be really funny. They should have like had oh a police, they should have had like a police siren go off or something. That like, would be cute. Yeah. But no, nothing happened. They just had the, the, like the person who was monitoring us just came down and unlocked the door and told us that we were out of time. Oh, was it like, that's kind of like a wah wah. Although she told us as they were watching the, uh, the, like the guy who owns the business, the boss happened to come in and he kind of was watching for a few minutes and he goes, are they going to solve this? And she's like, I don't know. They could. Cause apparently like um, what she explained to us was that that specific uh, game, I guess like yeah. it's really important to do the first um, sort of basic clues. You have to find those really fast. And then once you have those, it really only takes about, you know, 15, 20 minutes to solve the rest of it. But it's like really like the main focus is getting the clues quickly in the beginning and then putting them together. But we, well, kind I of, mean, that makes sense. Yes. But we focused, we didn't like, how can I say it? Like we, we found like one clue and then we were trying to solve the mystery from that. Whereas we should have just found every clue we could find and then yeah, you don't putting think? them together. Maybe yeah. I would be good at it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be there to be like, you guys are dumb. They make you reassess your life choices. But how much did it cost? It was $25. I guess that's not bad. Yeah. $25 to be shamed. <laughs> um, And then was it? Yeah. So earlier in that day, um, <clears throat> we went to... um. A winery in your hometown. Oh, oh. Yeah. I didn't, I, don't what's you, it called? You drink? What's it French called? French camp. French camp. Jesus. Oh, okay. Um, because my sister really wanted to, had wanted to go to Napa. Um, but obviously eh. the fires. So we, we didn't go to Napa. So we went to the winery in your town. And so, uh. That's not my town. I was just born there. No, no, no. It's in, it's in Manteca, isn't it? Or is it? Oh, there is so not a winery in Manteca. No, no way. Well, I don't know. It's something. We didn't drive far. 
I don't care. It was definitely, go on. If, if it's not a winery, like, they have their If it's in Manteca, tell me, tell me what fast food restaurant was right next to. <laughs> if it's not, it's a town very close by, I guess, because we didn't drive very far. It, French camp, probably. Okay. Go uh, the fuck on. So, so we get there, and, like, no, before we went there, we stopped to get uh, breakfast at, um, it's like Chubby's? Ew. Is that what it's called? Yeah. So we stopped and had breakfast there. Um, and then we went to the winery. You breakfast to Chubby's. You guys, you guys were really on vacation. <laughs> Megan was like, oh, it's really good. We should go there. And we were like, oh, okay. oh her ass is so addicted to that shit. Yeah. <laughs> so while we were eating breakfast and talking about going to this winery, I was like, is now a good time to mention that I don't like the flavor of grape juice and therefore will probably <laughs> not like the flavor of wine? And they're like, oh, yeah. no, no, they make wine out of other things besides grapes. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, they do? Yeah, they do. Like, they make, like, blueberry wines and strawberry wines and stuff like oh, that. This yeah, place yeah, did yeah. not have those. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we get there. But did your, does your sister like wine? She likes, she does, but she prefers, um, like, Moscato. Oh, well, God, you guys are so posh. She likes, she doesn't like red wines. They're bitter to her. She likes like white wines because they're sweet. So she's she's the only one of you who actually wanted to drink wine. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So because the only reason I originally agreed to go to like the winery in Napa was because it was built to mimic a 13th century Tuscan castle. Oh my god! And it looked it looked amazing in the pictures. Okay. I mean, architecture, sure. Yeah. Um. So. So we get there, and the lady at the counter was so nice, like, so, so nice. (laughs) um, So she, my sister was, you know, telling her that she doesn't like red wine. So she's like, okay, so you want to try the white wines? And my sister was like, yeah, yeah. So, and then um, they were, her and my sister and Megan were telling her that I've, like, I've never drank wine before. Like, I've I've had, like, I should, and I corrected them. I was like, no, I've had, like, a sip of it um, a few years ago. And for my birthday, I was eating um, dinner with my sister and my cousin at Olive Garden. And my cousin had some kind of wine. I don't know what it was, but it was, it wasn't like completely red. It was like pinkish. So maybe it was like, um, what are the pink ones? It's like rosé or something. So I have no idea. Um, Did you like it? No. It, I, I told them that it tasted like really strong grape juice mixed with apple cider vinegar, but carbonated. It was, ugh, right? So I've, I've never had wine. It just, like, I've never had beer either. It smells so repugnant. I don't know why I wouldn't just go get a vodka. You know? <laughs> so, so they were telling the lady that, like, I've never had wine before. And she's like, oh, okay. She first, like, you know, she's kind of happy about it. So she pours my <laughs> sister a little sample and she pours me a little sample. My sister drinks it and she's like, oh, it's really good. And then I go to take a sip and they're like staring at me. <laughs> oh, oh, great. <laughs> so I get a little sip of it and immediately I'm like, nope. Cause it was like just, it, like there was a hint of grape and then just bitterness. It was, I was like, nope. So they poured, she poured a different one. And Did you fake it? Or were you like, no, ah. no, no, no. I was immediately like, nope. Like I said, <laughs> nope. So, so, so she like poured that one out in this like little bucket thing. Cause it's a tasting. So you're, you know, if yeah. you drink the whole thing, you pour it out. I think so, you're supposed to swish it and then spit it too, aren't you? Yeah, probably. So, um, so she, so my sister like finished hers, right? So, so she poured a different one, and she's like telling us about the history of these wines and blah blah all this stuff. 
and the same thing, like the exact same taste. Every it was identical. A hint of really strong grape juice and then bitterness. And I again, once again, I was like, nope. <laughs> so I, well, it seems like that's all wine is, right? Yeah. So that happened for like three, like a good like three of them, three or four of them. And at one point, Megan was like, really? So she grabs the, the glass from me and she tastes it. She's like, oh, this is really good. And I was like, no. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, so I was, I was telling, I told the, uh, I told the lady behind the counter, I was like, I told them on the way here, I don't like the flavor of grape juice. And she's like, oh, well, we have one that's, um, I, I don't know. It's a specific name for it, but it's made from like almonds. Okay. Apparently. So she was like, try that one. It's really sweet. A lot of people like it. And I was like, okay. So she poured it and it tasted the same. <laughs> like there was no almond flavor. It just tasted like grape juice that was super bitter. And then once again, I was like, nope. <laughs> so then she's like, and I was like, I, I told her, I was like, it's just so bitter. Everything is just so bitter. And... <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, you must just have a really sensitive palate. <laughs> so as she, posh as you are, I am surprised. <laughs> so she she got some non-alcoholic sparkling grape juice for me. Oh, yeah. that's so, sweet. But even, even that just tasted like grape juice, and I don't like grape juice. Yeah, neither do I. Like, <laughs> so, is there like a vending machine around here somewhere? so like i like the first sip i was like okay yeah this is fine but then the second sip i was like oh god it's grape juice (laughs) (laughs) so i finished it because i poured everything else on i didn't want to be rude (laughs) fuck that you know i i am i am a negative nancy yeah but i think if i was working there i would constantly have these moments where i'm like Am I turning people into alcoholics? <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, I think we ended up tasting probably like maybe four or five wines. I had the the little bit of uh, grape juice, and <laughs> eventually, when we were talking to her about you know we're on vacation, we're, this is our last day here, blah blah all this stuff. And then at the end of it, we're like, okay, so how much do we owe for the tasting? And she's like, oh, no, it's free. Go ahead, you guys. Go ahead, have fun. And we're like, oh, okay. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. She was a very, very nice lady. Maybe she felt bad for killing you. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But the weird thing is, like, because I was telling I was telling uh, Megan and my sister about this, but I, was, I had read that um, red wine has something called tannins in it, which you get in um, tea as well. Like if you brew it for too long, it releases tannins and tannins make things taste bitter. So a lot of people like whether or not you can taste tannins is genetic. So. People, oh, really? Yeah. So people that can't taste tannins, um, when they drink red wine, they get like the grapey flavor and that kind of stuff. But people that can taste tannins, when they drink red wine, it's just bitterness. It just, the bitterness overpowers everything because the red wine has tannins. So people that taste okay. tannins. After this is done, can you go back and count how many goddamn times you said tannins? I'm sorry. That's what this is. It's, that's what it's about. People that taste tannins usually <laughs> Oh my prefer- God. Usually prefer white wine because it doesn't have any tannins in it. So I am getting a tannin jar. Yeah. A dollar for every tannin. <laughs> but anyway, so I had told Ashley and Megan that like a day or two before we went to the winery. 
And they're like, they're like, see, you've got to try it now. It's for science. We have to know if you can taste them or not. So if white wine doesn't have tannins in it, obviously there's something else making it super bitter to me. I, I don't fucking know, man. Isn't it, isn't it grapes too? Isn't it all just fucking grapes? Yeah, I mean, unless you get the kind that's made from other types of fruits. Whatever. I, whatever. I want a mimosa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I found out this... Are you are you done? Not yeah. to yeah. Okay, I'm sure you know what this is, but I just stumbled across this. So explain it to me. Uh, Esperanto. Oh, it's like a uh, made up language. Yeah, but isn't it like like if you're supposed to if you speak like Romance languages, you're supposed to be able to read it. You're supposed to be able to understand it. Oh, I have no idea. I just know it's a made up language. Oh well, because I saw a post about it on Tumblr and. It, it, it looks like nonsense, but when you when I read it and I only speak English, I like I could understand most of it, and I was like, "That's weird," because it definitely wasn't English. Yeah. And so supposedly, if you speak German or Italian or anything, you also can speak it. And it reminds me, well, it reminds me of how language in Asia got started. You know, the the universal language of Chinese characters. And I always thought, like, why mm. didn't they have that? in Europe, it seemed like it'd be useful other than the fact that you do use Romanized letter, but like a, some kind of like in-between language. Yeah. And apparently there is one. Why, why don't they teach it to people? Oh my goodness. I'm, I looked up the Wikipedia page on it, right? So um, it was, um, I guess a book about it was first published in 1887. And apparently as of 1996, there were 350 native speakers Native? How do you? How are you native to a made-up language? Somebody, your parents are fluent in it, and they choose to raise you speaking that language. I guess. All right. Yeah. Okay. I want to find an example of it and see if I can read it like you could read it. I couldn't read it that well. Let me be honest. No. Although I've studied Romance language, so. <laughs> I'm just saying, if if you're supposed to be able to read it, if you speak a Romance language, it's supposed to make it easier to read, right? So. Well, then I would be interested if you're asking to read this shit. Let's see. Esperanto sample. Let's see if it gives me something. Uh, I mean, I would not have no idea how to pronounce this, but... This makes good radio. Yeah, I'm sorry. It looks... I mean, just looking at it... Because I studied French, right? Just looking at it, it, it seems more like... Um sort of Eastern European language than Western European <laughs> language, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, but isn't, aren't most Western languages derivative of Eastern ones? No, Eastern European languages is like um, uh, uh, Latvian, Polish, uh, Serbian, uh, Russian, like that's Eastern European. But I would have figured that's where most languages would have at least... I mean, I don't know, because it's Western, in the middle, right? Western European languages are usually are more from German, uh, Latin. Yeah. Germanic or Latin, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So it's not for us. Well, I can understand some of it, so it can't be like, all. Oh. I don't know, I think, because I'm looking at it and thinking, okay, like the, this word T-E-M-P-L-O-J, 
And I'm like, okay, that to me that looks like tempois, which would be, which is kind of Frenchy, but I don't know what. That <laughs> I think that's a slur. <laughs> okay, so like symboli, symbolis, symboli. That's yeah. probably symbol or that's something related to it. Uh, mondo is probably world. Like that's what it means in um, Spanish, right? I don't fucking know. I know in French it's just mon, but I'm mondo in, I believe it's world in Spanish. I know mon, uh, M-O-N, is a word for the top of your, uh, uh, like right above your labia. <laughs> yeah, the little no. part <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> just letting you know, I know words too. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I could read it. Apparently, um, the uh, dialect that's spoken in uh, Frisian, that's spoken in a part of the Netherlands, um, is apparently very similar to Old English. Really? Yeah. I would, if I really, really, really wanted to learn Latin, mm. but they just they didn't give it around here. I just, I'm, I just, it, that just made me think of like um, Eddie Izzard. <laughs> okay. In the, in the because he speaks talks- Latin. In the skit where he talks about his teacher tells him, learn Latin, learn it. It'll give you, it'll unlock the keys to the languages of Europe. And he's like, wouldn't it just be easier to learn the languages of Europe? Well, I mean, yeah, but shortcut, right? So, and no, anywhere you can go, you can be like, I get the gist of what you're saying. And apparently, like, I read um, a while ago, you know, like that famous quote, um, I came, I saw, I conquered Vinny Vidi Vici. Apparently... The V is not pronounced like a V sound. It's pronounced like a W sound. So weedy, weedy. I heard that. Yeah. But it sounds silly. It does. And I I wouldn't be able to say it. Weenie, 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 (laughs) weenie. It makes me wonder, is the chi sound even a chi? Is it a, maybe it's a key sound. Weenie, weenie, weenie. Well, it's not the thing that no one actually knows how to pronounce Latin. Pretty much, yeah. Because it was a dead language by the time anybody thought to be learning it. <laughs> well put. Weenie Weenie Weeki reminds me of, um, it makes me think of a town in Florida called Weeki Wachi. <laughs> okay, not me. Weenie Weenie. It sounds like a kid's riddle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's see. Um, right. So I, I can't remember exactly what we're talking about, but something about your vagina kills people. Huh? Oh, you don't remember this? What? You told me last night that your vagina will kill people. I never said that. Eh, you pretty much did. No. So I was, I was telling Christy that um, for from Thanksgiving leftovers, I was going to make um, teriyaki turkey and vegetables. And you were just like, oh, I'm just going to microwave some turkey. And then I was like, oh, I did that last, last night. I'm going to try and spice things up a bit. And then you were like, why didn't you go to culinary school? And I said, onions make my eyes burn and I don't like dealing with raw meat. And then you said, well, that explains the lesbianism. And I was like, what? <laughs> And then you said it was a dick joke. And then I was like, oh, so what? 
I was like, so raw meat can't be a euphemism for vaginas? And then you were like, we have velvety petals, my dear. <laughs> and I said, I definitely shouldn't be a florist because every plant I've ever tried to grow has died. And then you said it was an, that was a plot line to an, one of the seasons of American Horror Story. And then I asked you what season and you never answered me. Because I just woke up. But yeah, it was, um, it was Coven. So one of the witches, she discovered her powers because every time she would fuck somebody, they would die. Is that where you were going with that? I thought you. Wait, is that where I was going with that? Yeah. I thought you legitimately meant there was a florist who couldn't grow. Oh, no. That would be good though too. <laughs> have you have you watched American Horror Story? Is that not your thing? Yeah, we've talked about it before. Okay, so did you watch this season? Not yet. Oh my god, this season, dude, is amazing. It's Yeah, it's, every time I would see you posting gifts on Tumblr, I would like really quick like scroll past because I was like, I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> you definitely have to watch it so we can talk about it. It's amazing. It's um it's very it's unlike any other season. I really thought after Ragnarok or whatever the fuck the last season was oh, that they Yeah, that they'd never be able to make a comeback. But this season was so good and i love like asylum and stuff but i don't know i th- I would say objectively like this is the best season because this exemplifies what horror really is mm. to take like things that are not inherently scary and to scare the shit out of you with it so is and it more like a psychological horror it's about politics and actually the scariest thing is they played it in like pseudo real time yeah. uh, with the upcoming Trump election that he yeah, got elected yeah. and all through that. So it was, I know some of the past ooh. seasons have been horror, but they were more like, like visually scary, like gory. Whereas yeah, which I'm totally into. Yeah. What yeah. you're describing sounds more like it's a psychological horror that like, even if it's not gory, it's something that is legitimately scary. Yeah. I mean, of course there was gore and it yeah. was, there was a lot of love letters to serial killers and um, because you had uh, what's his name? Chris Evans. Dude's amazing. Like I want to not like him because he's Chris. Is that his name? Not Chris Evans. Yes. Evan Peter. See, it's, it's easy to confuse now. I want to not like Captain America. I don't, there's too many of them (laughs) and they all have like technically the same goddamn name. Okay, <laughs> Evan Peters and Chris Evans, like, it's <laughs> not the same name at all. Oh my god, yeah, it is. <laughs> That's easily confused. They need, to com- dick. they need to just combine themselves and be Evan Evans. Oh my god, Evan Evans, Evan Evan Evans. <laughs> you remember the band? Yeah. Oh, that's so around. That's so around. Yes, that was like a that was like a meme on uh, when Vine was alive. Wake me up inside. Well, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did do that one, did they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway, so I, I wanted to dislike him because he's so cute. And in the first season, like, he was, like, just everyone fangirled over him so annoyingly that I was like, oh, I'm done with this guy. But he he is so good. And especially in this season, he plays, like, Has he been all of America. anything but American Horror Story? Bitch, he's been in X-Men. He's Quicksilver. Oh, that's right. I forgot. But even on American Horror Story, he's played a lot of different characters. But in this one, he plays all of the most famous uh, American serial killers and terrorists. And he does an amazing job to the point where 
before they tell you who the who he's playing, you can tell, and not just the oh, I have a swastika, you know, cut into my forehead thing. Even you know, more a little more less nuanced <laughs> serial killers. I was so impressed. I'm so impressed with them. Kudos to you, little boy. Oh, he's How actually, old is he? He's actually been in a lot of stuff, but I've just never seen it. So have you seen every season of American Horror Story? No. Um, the vampire one, I think I watched like the first five episodes and oh, just God. could not get into it. Nobody but could. It just, and it's so frustrating because I know I watched enough up to a point where it was pretty clear that the character Evan Peters was playing, who was, I think it's supposed to be a ghost, but he was based on, you could tell oh, yeah. a real life person. I can't remember his name. No, but... yeah, they go into it. They they his he, he was actually pretty interesting in that one. Yeah. I liked his like, character. The real life person he was based on was, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, he's considered to be one of like the first documented serial killers in the U.S. And he built this house slash was hotel. It, wasn't E with E H Holmes something Holmes something, something like that? I think he was uh, the first. Uh, but he built this like house slash hotel where like there were trap doors that led into rooms that you couldn't get out of and all this stuff. And like, as it was getting built, like the construction workers would tell, ask him, you know, well, where are these stairs going? Or this room doesn't has a door, but there's, it just drops to the floor. Like there's no stairs to get down. Like how would, and he would just keep firing them whenever they were start asking questions. And then eventually he had everything completed. And then the world's fair happened and he took like, people in during the world's fair to like stay there and then he would murder them <laughs> um i mean i i don't i don't want to be one of those people who reminisce about a better time but i think i should have been born in that century that's how i want to go but i feel like they could have done the whole season on that guy and it would have been yeah so creepy but <sighs> the season it was just so bad I mean, it's like the, they're like hey the we got first- lady gaga Let's do nothing then. Yeah. Within like the, I think it was the first episode where that guy is like brutally raped. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I don't, I don't know about this. Oh. It was, I mean, it's horror. Yeah. But it was sensational to a, you know, unpalatable point. Yeah. Say. Yeah. 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 But then Roanoke was so fucking boring. I see. I didn't watch that one. Like After, they thought they were very smart. They were like, sorry, go ahead. That's the one that came right after the vampire one. So, yeah. like, I, I just, I I was waiting for somebody to tell me if it was good or not, and nobody ever talked about it, so I just didn't watch it. Oh, it was so bad. I finished the vampire one. I, I did not, I was, I was like, fine, fuck it. The show's down the hole. It's, no, it's not coming back. I give up. I don't know anyone who actually finished that season. And what's so frustrating is, like, because I remember several years ago, us talking about... American Horror Story. I think, I don't remember if it was during the um, Asylum season or the Coven season, but we were talking about it and you had told me that um, the like writers, creators, whatever, um, <clears throat> had said during some like press conference type thing oh, that yeah. they would never do a vampire themed one because they yeah. didn't think vampires were scary anymore. And because specifically did- the guy said that people had made them too romantic and there was no way to make them scary yeah and so you and i were like yeah there is do the classic nosferatu vampire like that's legit scary if they had done that for their vampire theme but no (laughs) they they did the classic 
pretty romantic vampire. Like, it was it was odd because yeah, I I knew that going into it, so I was surprised and I was I my my expectations were a little high, I guess, because the show is good. So I thought, okay, since they're going to do it, they're obviously going to do something different. It's like. It was like Anne Rice fan fiction that just went off off the deep end. <laughs> oh, don't let Anne Rice hear that. She'll sue them. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> Is she not dead yet? Her and Stephen King can just fucking die. What did Stephen King do? He's a dick about everything, and he's a sexist motherfucker. <laughs> Ugh. What... What do you think is the most embarrassing thing that can happen to you on a date? Uh, a lot of things. <laughs> no, but like the most. I'm would, an easily embarrassed person. <laughs> what would be like the, okay, I'm going to die. That's it. Goodbye. So many things. <laughs> okay. Like, name, okay. Name some. I'm interested then. Oh my God. Like, I don't like, I would get so nervous. I'd start crying. Cause that's oh. my natural response. Like when I get yeah. like, overwhelmed with like, nervousness and anxiousness i start crying <laughs> but okay spin it because like because i'm asking because i've been taking these like um surveys because i'm writing that romance novel that i hate um and of course i said the protagonist was going to be disabled so i was asking people disabled people what they thought the most embarrassing thing was because i've been studying the you know actual romance novels the I mean, actually studying them for quite a while. And there's and there's a lot of different points I thought were really interesting. I want to ask you about one. But one was that the characters are, I think I've told you this before, they act as the bad guys in the secondary character stories. So if you were telling the story from a secondary the secondary character's point of view, they would be either the bad guys or like the kind of like annoying friends that don't really help, you know? Yeah. Just kind of like the bothersome. And I love that. I love, and that that's kind of like, okay, maybe I can write a romance. I can, I can write people that people hate. I can do that. <laughs> but another one of the formula is, of course, that um, they have to complete each other in that they're both quote-unquote broken in some way and the other one either motivates them or actually directly helps them and a lot of that is first introduced by public embarrassment Mm -hmm. so do you do you do you do you find the romantic in stories that like oh no this person is so embarrassed and this other person comes in and saves them and it's absolutely not you don't find that romantic at all? Any any sort of character experiencing embarrassment makes me feel secondhand embarrassment, and I cringe. <laughs> so what, you want a story where nothing bad happens? <laughs> bad things can happen, just not embarrassing things. What's the most embarrassing thing that you don't like to read? You're like, oh, fuck. Anything. <laughs> I'm, like, legitimately serious, Christy. Like, I've been watching, like, like if I watch, a, like, a drama and something embarrassing starts happening, I will legitimately pause it and wait like a good five to 10 minutes before I can unpause it. And sometimes I just won't even look at the screen while it's happening. Oh my God. That's serious. Man. <laughs> okay. Well, Jesus. I feel That's... like I, I like I writhe with awkwardness when, it, when something embarrassing happens. Uh, like, yeah, me too. But I, that's kind of like the fun of it. Right. 
No? No. <laughs> I find that kind of fun. Because no. it makes you uncomfortable. It's like horror. Romance is like emotional, horror? sociological horror. Yeah, it's it's horror. It really is. And you sympathize with the villain, obviously. Oh, gosh. So here, here is something that they've, that historians, whatever, English majors, have documented that in the history of romance novels, the most popular jobs for uh, for the female characters, because it's usually female and male, to aspire to, and it's usually that that not only do they get like their romance, but they also achieve some sort of independence in their career, and they usually make um, stronger friendships. So it's like romance is like yeah, it's about falling in love, but it, a lot of it is about romance in all aspects of of your life and they were saying the reason that like air hostesses got so popular as a romantic you know trope is because they started right after you know air travel was introduced so it was seen as this like futuristic kind of like cutting edge like this is this is the new coolest kind of oh job you can have gosh. so i've been trying to figure out what that would be now? YouTuber. What the job would you get? Huh? YouTuber. Oh, what the oh, gross. But that that like a lot of young people now like like they want to be like YouTubers or they want to be Instagram famous. They want to be like something related to the internet. I mean, well, I have seen and read books where yeah, they're like uh, it stars a YouTube celebrity. I mean, we published a book where one of the stories, one of the characters was a youtube celebrity you probably you don't remember I mean, that that's fine yeah i no i don't but um <laughs> but if you if you want if you're talking about what jobs right now seem to people to be sort of glamorous and futuristic and next wave youtubers or something like that Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> i'm sorry christy that's that's what it is you could do mukbang okay explain that mukbang it's um like a korean trend but, um, like, I've seen people, you know, talk about it outside of Korea, obviously. Um, it's a combine, it's a, like, mashup of words, like, uh, to eat, I think, and broadcast. And it's these people that sit in front of a webcam, and they just have this huge spread of food in front of them. Oh, And they eat. Yeah. While they, like, chat with people in a chat room. And then the people in the chat room <clears throat> will send them, like, uh, in South Korea, it's usually done through this um, streaming website called, uh, like Africa TV or something like that. And through that like chat system, they send you balloons, digital balloons, and those balloons equate to money. So there are people, if you get really popular with your mukbang, like you could make thousands of dollars a week just sitting around eating food. I, You know what the sad thing is? I, I first heard about when in the report was saying that it was attributed to, you know, people not sitting down with their families or friends anymore for dinner. So it was a way to sort of make up for that. Yeah. That kind I, of person. I think, we've, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, because I, I remember telling you that um, I've also seen people uh, theorize that it's like, especially in South Korea, um, it's sort of like a social taboo to eat by yourself. Like oh, is you're so like, if you, if you are single and you are living alone, if you've got, this person who's live streaming eating and you can sit down and eat your meal with them and you feel like you're eating with someone. I mean, I, I would rather eat alone any day. (laughs) Yeah, but that's not your culture, Christy. 
I don't know. I I reject a lot of parts of my culture, like leaving the house, <laughs> talking to people, that sort of thing. So, what do you what do you think would be the most romantic, in your opinion, career that would be more modern? A career? Yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't see careers as romantic. So, I yeah, uh, like uh, no romantic in the in the in the sense that. Um, for young women, it would be something that you would aspire to. You'd like, that would be, that's like cool. That's advanced. That's new. Uh, just, just YouTube, huh? Just YouTube. I'm, I'm thinking, um, something in the tech industry. Yeah. But what? Um, video game designer, uh, uh app, app designer, like a phone app designer. You know what? It, it's all these jobs, these modern jobs are people just sitting. It doesn't, it doesn't really, it doesn't really set you up for a lot of interesting fictional, you know, it terms. Has like, it has to be an office romance. Yeah. And you know what I noticed though, as, as I was reading this, and of course, most of the things I was reading were published years and years ago, but as technology became in more of what it is, social media and a lot of your more advanced jobs are really you just sitting at a computer doing nothing. That's when it seems like there was a bigger trend of like werewolf um, genre, like and more like criminal, uh, sort of like mafia romance. So it was it was a lot of romance that went back to the cliche of like the alpha male who like who like it's non-con and it's very bestial. Uh, even specifically with like werewolf. Do you think there's a correlation? I do. I do. Because I mean, sitting in a computer doing stuff is not romantic. The idea of, you know, I'm when, when commercial air flight began, it was romantic. Like you could go up in the air and travel to all these exotic places and meet all these people. What that, I mean, you can meet all these different play, people on the internet, but it's just not as, if it's not as visually or well if uh, they, maybe they met in second life or one of those um mmorpgs i have i don't know may i have yet to see anyone really pull off that <laughs> sort of thing in a novel before mm. i've seen people try but it just i don't know it just doesn't work i think it would i personally feel like just off the top of my head like the best way to do something like that would be to have the two people like know each other online and then meet in real life, not realizing that they knew each other from online. And then they gradually realize that they already knew this person. Yeah, I've seen that. But usually that probably that gets solved pretty quickly mm. because uh, authors like depend on the chemistry and physicality mm. to advance a story. Mm. Like, it, I don't, you'd have to be pretty clever, I think, to come up with a plot that could sustain that sort of mystery for at least half the book. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Have you watched anything straight lately? <laughs> no? I'm caught up on the Orville, I think. Oh, yeah. I think so good. No. Yeah. 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 I like it. Um, I, I think I watched up to episode 10, which I think is the most recent episode. The one with the clown. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Were you scared? Not really. I thought my my thought process was: Did this air around Halloween? 
<laughs> but we're half, we're like almost through November, so I don't think it did. I don't. I watch everything on DVR, so I don't know. It would have been a really great episode for Halloween. The, so, the okay, that was the scariest was in the in the um with the doctor in like about to do surgery. That was great. That, that was, was that was awesome. That was good. Of course, to me, the scariest part was the bugs. The room full of bugs. No, no. thank you. I'm out. Yeah. Nope. So what would yours be, do you think? If you had a fear extracted, would it just be like someone gets shoved in a room and it's full of people and they're like, you're on. They give you a mic. <laughs> <laughs> it could very well be that. It could be... Um, it could be being in a small space in pitch black. It could be that would be good for TV though. Well, um, being in a because this this is like a real thing that I experience when I go to concerts, like being in a crowd of people and feeling like I can't get out. Like, oh god, it's like the, <laughs> like um, one of the more recent concerts I went to. I was talking to Megan about it, and she's like, "It sounds like you almost had a panic attack." And I was like, "Oh, I've never had one of those, so I have no idea." But oh, like, I am almost entirely sure you've had a panic attack. I, I have no idea. Um, but like, we were in, we were in like the standing area, and when we first got in there, like it, it was in um an arena that they normally do like hockey games at. So there's like a wall barrier in like the standing area part, and there's like gate, like gate areas you can go out and then it's like the actual stadium seats so when we first got into the crowd area we were near one of the exits and i was like okay this is fine and then as the first opening act went on we moved up a little closer but we were still pretty close to the gate and then the second act came on and everybody like really pushed in and as that act went on i got more and more like anxious and uncomfortable and about halfway through it i felt like i had like just a pee in my throat and then it grew okay, totally. Grew. No, I didn't. I didn't think you meant like a pee. I wow, you said pee in your throat. I, okay, go <laughs> like, on. Like like the vegetable. I had a pee in my throat, and then it grew. Like that feeling kept growing until I felt like I had a golf ball in my throat, and I could not swallow at all. And I was like, felt like I was going to like burst into tears. And as the second opening act ended, I told my sister, I was like, I have to get out of here. I have to get out of here. She's like, you're never going to get back to the spot. I was like, I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> so. So like I I like hightailed it up the stairs and like went to the bathroom, which was probably like maybe a five minute walk away. It felt like it was a half hour walk away. And by the time I got to that like bathroom, I was like bawling and I was like splashing water on my face. And eventually I did calm down and I went back and I was fine for the rest of the concert. But yeah. So do you love going to concerts so much you'll put up with that shit or do you just forget? Yeah. I mean, usually... Um, I'm distracted enough by the performance as well as I'm usually the one taking all the pictures and that's enough of a distraction usually to not have it be an issue. But, um, I don't know, like I'm usually not in an area of the crowd where I get like sandwiched in like I was at that concert that, cause that's what gets me. Like when I feel like I'm trapped and I cannot get out, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, huh. I mean, then, I love talking about your fears. Yeah. And then, like, this other concert um, my sister and I went to, we were, like, at the back. So it wasn't even that crowded, right? But um, there was, like, a railing. And my sister and I were standing against that. And she's like, okay, save my spot. I'm going to go look at the merchandise. And then I'm going to come back. And I was like, oh, okay. And people were still, like, filling in. Like, the concert hadn't actually started yet. So I'm standing there. And 
as people start to like line up on this barricade near me and I'm trying to like save my sister's spot, I'm start, I start like getting this feeling like, can I just, I just want to leave. I just, can I just go? I just, I don't, I, I need to leave. <laughs> and I, I'm like, why is she taking so long? She needs to get back down here. Oh, I just want to go. I just want to leave. And then eventually she came back. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't do well in crowds of people. <laughs> that's, that's totally fine. I mean, <laughs> It, it it cuts down your risk of being publicly shot by a sniper. Yeah. And it's weird because, okay. like, I don't remember ever having that sort of feeling until I was, like, in college. Before that, I had never had that kind of feeling. Really? Well, yeah. I don't know. They, your hormones do change a bunch yeah. when you're in your early 20s. So I, a lot of women, like, build anxieties in their early 20s that they – haven't had before. Like, that's when I had my nervous breakdown and my daughter was like, oh yeah, it happens to a lot of women your age. It was like, why didn't anybody fucking yeah. tell me, you know? Why don't we get a yeah. warning? Because like one of the first times I remember feeling that, like that anxiousness in a crowd, I was at um, a convention and I had been to like maybe, I think like two conventions when I was in high school and I was in large crowds and felt totally fine. But this one I went to when I was in college, like, all of there was like it was at a hotel but they had like conference rooms and it was just this one long hallway lined with conference rooms and one of my friends um had like an artist table set up like midway through the hallway and i was trying to get to the dealer's room which was at the beginning of the hallway so i'm like walking down the hallway but i'm walking against the crowd and about like halfway between the artist table and the end of the hallway i was like uh I I was about to freak out. I was like, I have to get out of this crowd. So like, I just turned and went and stood against the wall for a bit, <laughs> and then kept walking against the wall. Jesus, at least you made it through high school, huh? Yeah, I don't know, but that was like the first time I ever felt like that, and I was like, what is happening to me? <laughs> so, <laughs> one day you'll you'll agree to go to therapy, and we'll work it all out. <laughs> I would love to go to a couples counseling with you. <laughs> I would. <laughs> I'm out of topics. Do you want, or no? You want to close up? <laughs> I mean, I feel like we've already talked about this, but if you want to stretch it out, um, we could we could uh, talk about how bizarre it is. Um, I've, so, like the, that group, uh, the K-pop group BTS. Yeah, I was telling you, so like they performed at the American Music Awards, which apparently was like, I think the first time that a actual like a group, a a K-pop group has performed. I want to say Psy may have performed, but he was a solo artist. They performed at the American Music Awards. They're going like on all these shows like they're going to be on Ellen. They're going to be on the Late Late Show with James Corden. They're going to be on Jimmy Kimmel. But it's just like that his like concert performance thing he does every now and then. They're going to perform, they, it's pre-recorded, but they are going to be on the, the I think it's ABC, um, like, New Year's special. Oh. Like, um, as somebody who got into K-pop in the early 2000s, it's mind-blowing that that is happening. <laughs> I, I still, I don't know, I still remember, like, Seven's going to be it. Seven's yes. going to be the one. Oh, my God. It was supposed to be Seven, and then it was going to be Boa. Um, I think, and then it was, it was supposed to be 21, but that never happened, which is kind of sad because they had three members that could actually speak English. 
Uh, yeah. Well, what was it? Wasn't wasn't one of the main goals of Super Junior to? Yeah, it was to make them an international band where they could break off and go to different countries. And specifically, they wanted American members because they wanted a presence in America. And that just never happened. Well, they never even had American members. They No, in the, uh, they might have kicked them out. I remember in the first lineup, they did. They had two. I know oh. one got released. I don't know. It was when they were trainees. One oh. got released before they debuted. And I could have sworn that another one actually made the debut. Huh. Well, SM's kind of supposed, <clears throat> okay, a few, like I think it was earlier this year or last year, SM started this new group called NCT, which um, stands for, it's like, it's like Neo Culture Technology or something like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But um, the goal of this group is, as you say with Super Junior, to be an international group where like they'll have you know, a unit that focuses in South Korea and a unit that focuses in Latin America and a unit that focuses in Japan and a unit that focuses in China and blah, 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 all this stuff. Right. So it's, it's this weird concept where there's like a good, like 40 or so trainees that made it into NCT. And then there are subunits. So there was like NCTU, there's NCT 127 and NT. Why does SM do that? Why do they make these complicated fucking sub names for their bands? I don't know. And then NCT Dream. NCT Dream has like members that um it are it's skewed very young. Like they're the members of the group are very young themselves. Like I would guess I don't know their exact ages, but I'm gonna guess anywhere from thirteen to seventeen. Like very young. Um and their music is definitely geared at very young people. Uh and then, like, so NCT- it's supposed to be like an international Johnny's Jr. Yes, but and you so know far- how that went. Yeah, but and, but the thing is, like, so far they've only released music. I I want to. I'm pretty sure in South Korea, and I think they may have done a few Chinese versions of some songs. But like when this was for, when it was first announced, I was like, oh, so they're gonna like legit get some people who speak Spanish and people who speak English and people who speak this and this and that. And while they do definitely have people in the group that are you know native english speakers or have lived in the in english speaking country long enough to be able to fluently speak english they have people from japan they have people from thailand people from china but that's only going to get you in asia or english speaking countries yeah you know so yeah i can see how they would just underplay the importance of like spanish but i mean no but k-pop is huge in brazil k-pop no, is yeah, but i'm still huge. saying i can understand knowing the company sm why they would underestimate that so weird like do you okay so like one of sm's like biggest groups right now is exo oh yeah they have this weird like convoluted backstory where they're aliens with superpowers wait wait what (laughs) wait that's what they debuted with their story as yes what the fuck (laughs) they're from the exo planet Oh my god. And they all have like, they're like water vendors and air vendors and stuff. Oh my god. Are you sure dude, this isn't like dude. a Scientology kind of. Dude, dude, we have to figure out um, how to do like, uh, like screen recorders and do a reaction video. I've got to show you their debut music video. <laughs> did they <laughs> stick with that? Or did they just like. Give it up when they realize how stupid it was. No, no, no. Like, it, it comes and goes. It's, like, they okay. Have, they have videos where it's not referenced at all, and then they have videos where it is heavily referenced. 
Why aliens? Right. I don't know. Okay. But, but, but wait, wait, wait. But they're not the only ones. There's this other group. Um, what? BAP? And it's, I don't know in detail, but it's supposed to be there, like, I want to, it's like they're from the future or they're from another planet as well. And they're, ma- like, their mascot is this, like, rabbit thing. And oh, my so God. Weird. But it's this weird trend. They're, like, it, within the past, like, you know, five to eight years of, like, having these weird convoluted backstories of, like, magical powers and alien planets and why do you think that is i don't know dude it is like baffling because like nobody did that back in the day no but there must be a reason and it must work to some level if they keep doing it of course again sm that's not true (laughs) they'll keep doing shit that doesn't work over and over and over (laughs) Nobody, I mean, it's fine. Like, it works enough to the point where, like, they reference it every now and then, but it's just so strange. I, I don't, uh, maybe it's a try to, uh, a combination of, like, girl culture where you have that, like, shoujo kind of magical girl and the romantic kind of, you, know, you have all this fiction now of, like, alien dudes and paranormal dudes coming in being your romantic soulmate so maybe it's one of those like chicks like this stuff let's stick it all together maybe i think well i mean i don't know if this is the case oh you know what just hit me it it probably worked really well toward fan fiction it probably really encourages that you think being aliens and having superpowers wouldn't it though because you have this because you have this you know vague backstory whereas before you would base fanfic on the actual people, so it'd be a lot of stories about when they were trainees and stuff, whereas this, you already have an AU where you can do whatever. Maybe. I mean, I've never read any EXO fanfiction, but I don't think people really use that backstory a lot. I think they still do, like, real-world settings a lot. Well, it sounds good. <laughs> In theory. I mean, that's if I was pitching it, I would... That'd be one of the things I'd say was probably a, a win, but... yeah. Uh, maybe people don't. I don't like aliens. You know I don't like aliens. So. Yeah. I mean, they look like humans. It's not like they look like aliens. No, I mean, I'm eating a burger, by the way. But that's scary. Because the aliens look, because it's like, oh, they're among us. Like, why didn't they go with, like, vampires, like, sparkly vampires? <laughs> I don't know. But I, I really want to do like some sort of reaction video where you watch their debut song. They, their debut song, it's, they have one that's in Korean and one that's in Chinese because their concept when they debuted, aside from the aliens with superpowers, um, they had XOK and XOM. So XOK was the Korean branch and XOM was the Mandarin Chinese branch. Oh. Um, so their debut song, they had the Korean branch do it in Korean and the Chinese branch did it in Chinese. Um, and then eventually uh, three of the Chinese members left because uh, contract disputes and they cited unfair treatment and blah, blah, all this stuff. So now they're down to like nine members when they had 12 originally. But then the last remaining Chinese member has been in China doing separate activities because of China recently within the last like year or two had some sort of like semi ban on K-pop. What? <laughs> yeah, it's like they they brought all these like really strict rules where like you can't have you have to get permission before like special permission to do any sort of like concert and you it has to you can't have more than a certain number of people attend it and 
Um, all these I'm going to ask. Stuff. I'm going to ask why, but I'm going to before we get into why. Do you, is it the, is it the same reason that Korea had that you know that crackdown on international films? I have no idea. What was the Did crackdown you, on international films? Because I mean, Hollywood had you know in the 80s and 90s had gotten just like huge internationally, and they found in Korea that less and less domestic films were being made because people were like, well, the blockbusters from Hollywood are going to outdo it anyway, so why bother? Mm. So they decided to pass a law where only so many international films, specifically Hollywood films, could come to the country every year, so it would create a void. And it's it's given credit for like K-dramas and all that because they said once they did that and people had you know, had the pressure and the opportunity to fill in that gap. They went up above and beyond and Korea got kind of created its own kind of style of drama, which has now of course taken over a lot. And you have that now, especially in, you know, Taiwan, these Korean bands going over and a lot of times they just go over and just die, but they keep, they, they like all get shipped there. Like immediately, like okay, well, you're debuted now. Get your ass to China. So I can see, but I don't know. It's not like they don't have apparently, a huge idol culture themselves. Yeah, I looked it up. Um, apparently, it, it's government uh, disputing related stuff because it says um, China is arguably one of Korea's most profitable entertainment markets. Um, yeah. However, yeah. However, these music markets aren't immune to the worsening crisis between China and South Korea. China has prohibited all Hallyu, uh, which is Korean wave, quote unquote, Hallyu. in the country. Um, furthermore, Korean stars can no longer star in any Chinese television show. Whoa. Why? The Chinese government is retaliating against the South Korean government. South Korea made the decision to deploy the THAAD, T-H-A-A-D, the THAAD American Missile Defense System in the country, according to the oh. South China Morning Post. Wow, man, pop culture is so political. I know. It's weird, though, because um, the Mnet Asian Music Awards happen in Hong Kong, and that's a very Korean thing, so... Yeah. You know what I've noticed? I've been watching a lot of Taiwanese dramas, and I've been doing it on um, the websites where people, you know, you post comments and they come up on the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's been so interesting, and it's it's been funny because you have half of the viewers who know Taiwanese dramas, no problem with it, whatever. And then you have the other half who are constantly talking about Korean dramas. They're like, oh, this is kind of like Korean drama. Oh, this isn't like a Korean drama. Like everything, they constantly talk about it to the point where... in English or in Chinese? In in, in English. Okay. But, I mean, there are other languages too. Yeah. But you have... But it's like the hostility has gone up because... Yeah, it is annoying because people who like me who like like Taiwanese dramas, they're like, "It's not Korean. Shut the fuck up." Yeah, like, yeah, it's different. It's a, I think, it's. I think that's probably because a lot of people that get into Asian dramas tend to get into it through Korean dramas, and then they gradually branch out. So they're going to compare everything to what they already know. But how ignorant can you be to like type a comment into, yeah, the video? That streams everywhere. Like this isn't like a Korean drama. No shit. Yeah. Uh, it's. <laughs> uh, and then I've noticed. A, there's been a lot of like 
semi-racist comments like, oh, that re- guy's really cute. Like, he must be, like, part Korean. <gasps> wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Or, like, he's cute. I'm gonna, he looks more like, and they'll relate him to, like, a Korean boy band member. My gosh. That reminds me of years and years ago. Um, I was a moderator on a live journal community called, um, God, it was like Bishi Daily or something. It was like Bishonen Daily, where yeah. you just posted pictures of like cute Asian guys, right? Like, I remember that. Thing. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> as a moderator, like, I would just find pictures and post them, like, yeah. you know. Um, and I remember I posting pictures of some guy. I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but he was part of some like reality competition thing where I think they eventually end up in like a, like a music group or something. And um, one of the comments was something like, um, no, was it on him? It was, no, it may not have been him. It was on, it was either on him or this uh, Taiwanese actor. One of those two. Um, either way, one, one was Taiwanese and one was Chinese. So one of them. And somebody in the comment was like, oh, he's cute, but he's darker than I usually like. And I'm like, what? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, are you for real right now? <laughs> Maybe they weren't white. It's okay if you're not white. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. There's also been, like, I've seen comments, too, with, like, people comparing the languages and saying stuff like, oh, you know, Mandarin. Well, they don't say Mandarin. They keep saying Chinese. And it pisses a lot of people off because, again, these are Taiwanese dramas. People are like, oh, these Chinese dramas. And people are like, no, 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 no. This is Taiwan. It's Taiwanese. And people just don't get the difference. But there's a bunch of comments like, oh, just Korean's like way more pretty and romantic. Mm -hmm. And this language is like harsh. I don't see that at all. I I, I know a lot of people find all dialects of Chinese harsh. Yeah. I always thought Mandarin was really pretty. Mm -hmm. I know. Because even Mandarin, like, the different regions that you're in, like, it's going to sound slightly different. Oh, yeah. Um, I know, like, I haven't watched a lot of Chinese dramas, um, obviously, I, but, um, like, I Not just, your thing. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. Uh, I just haven't gotten into that route in my drama scene. Like, I, I watched, like, I was into Korean dramas, not heavily, but enough to have seen, you know, a handful and then I moved to Thai dramas, and then I'm kind of been stuck on that for a while. Yeah. So, um, but I've seen a few, um, like mainland Chinese um, web series, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just like budgetary or what, but you can tell, like, in a, most of the scenes, it's dubbed over. Like, it's not the person that actually speaking in the moment. They dub it over after the fact. And sometimes they do that, like, if the sound quality on that take just wasn't good, whatever. But it's like the whole episode will be dubbed over. And I read... It's somebody- the same language it was spoken in? Yeah. And, like, I, I, like, I've read comments where people were saying, oh, it's because the actors are from different areas of China and they want everybody to have the same accent or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but then it's not the actor's voice. Like, it's just weird. They used to do that uh, when they re- released Mainland... Chinese uh, movies. I don't know if they still don't, but I, but I, you know, it got to the point where I'm like, this, is this dubbed at all? Yes, I'm not getting this fucking thing. Yeah, it's it's just like jarring 
especially when yeah. sometimes it, like it doesn't quite line up or the movement of their mouth doesn't look like it should be making the sound that's coming out of it. It's just, yeah, it's jarring. And I don't know. Does it, does it matter really? Yeah. Does it? I mean, because most things should be, most things that do come from China and Taiwan and are always subtitled with Chinese characters because again, yeah. that's universal. Yeah. So why, why care? Why? I don't know. It's Whatever. Just, it's, yeah, it's really weird. <sighs> okay, I think we're. I think that's it. Most of them are Great timing. For once, I'm not the one eating during the podcast. That's true. If I were you, I would have called that on. Called me on it earlier, but you're right. You're the responsible one this time. It is 3 a.m. here, so. Well, and you always say like, "I just got up." Well, I just got up. <laughs> yeah, totally switch places. Okay, so next time we'll talk about the apartheid or something along that line. So everybody look forward to that. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be talking about apartheid. <laughs> <laughs> I keep saying that as a joke, but one day it's going to come up and I'm, I'm not going to be able to say it anymore. <laughs> well, unless some country enacts a new apartheid. Hmm. <laughs> America? <laughs> yeah. Knock on wood that that doesn't happen. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Are you going to bed now? Probably. Okay. We have to say goodbye. I did say goodbye. I said part-time. Bye. Oh. Bye. Bye. For more from the discourse, you can visit bloodbathofluxury.tumblr.com. For more from Christy, visit christyleestewart.com. And for more from Cosmic, visit aka cosmic.tumblr.com. <laughs>